eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, hello, and welcome into another Miami Dolphins podcast. We are so excited to have you guys joining us. It's a it's the gruesome threesome today. We got Jake, we got Houts, and we got Merrick. So, gentlemen, we're about to dive into the weekend. What better time to make everyone mad? Shake up the branches <laughs> of the fan base with the undoubted, undisputed, perfect mock drafts that everyone's gonna love. We're a hundred percent right. Everyone else is wrong. But before we get into those, gentlemen, how goes it? Happy weekend. Hey, thanks for that intro, Jake. Excited to be on with you guys again. Uh, you know, it's 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 the most wonderful time of the year. It's it's NFL draft season. And even though our Miami Dolphins do not have a plethora of picks this year, uh, they still have a couple picks on day two uh, in round two, round three. Somebody somebody get their door real quick there. You got to visitor pizza's in, right? You got the pizza delivery. Everybody's going to be happy there. Uh, but anyways, Dolphins got picks in, in round two, round three, still an opportunity to add a couple of uh, quality pieces there to help round this roster into its full form. Uh, and I'm excited to see what they do. But today we get to put our GM hats on and, and figure out how we would help this team. And, and I'm ready to do it. Are you ready to do it? How are you feeling, Josh? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little queasy. I can use that word, right? And uh, yeah, it was my doorbell. I tell my kids to be quiet anytime someone rings the doorbell, especially when I'm doing a podcast. But um, <laughs> it's pretty nice out the weather. And yeah, we get to talk about the draft. I mean, this is a time that I do usually look forward to, like it's Christmas morning. But I think the Dolphins spoiled us for all those years with like the war chest of draft picks that we're still, I'm slowly starting to, you know, not really look forward to it, wake up every single day wondering when the draft comes, but I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. And uh, as always, you know, this is our podcast. So guys, if you like what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe, smash that little bell button because on YouTube, I think you get notified if you do that. And we're on Apple, Spotify. So just want to throw that out there, Jake. And um, that's what that sound you, was. Somebody <laughs> was subscribing, right? Yeah, absolutely not. Well, we were... <laughs> 
so I, I was, it was obviously tongue in cheek at the top there. So what we're going to do today is we have three situations that we put ourselves in. Uh, Josh, his goal was to trade up in the draft. Merrick, he traded back. And me, I sat on the pot. I just took whatever came to me and went with it. So the point of this isn't to project what the Miami Dolphins are going to do, but just kind of look at the outcome of a few different scenarios where the Dolphins are going to have opportunities to move up. Chris Greer mentioned it on Thursday that, hey, teams are calling that 23 through 27 range. There's a possibility for the team to move up. There's always the chance of trading back where, Josh, you mentioned it, get that war chest growing again. And, hey, maybe they're, maybe Chris Greer is tired. Maybe he just wants to take the picks he's got and not talk to anyone and just kind of chill out. So, gentlemen, I would like to introduce you to the only three mock drafts that truly matter. And to preface we what we're going to start with, which is Joshua Houts, <laughs> I received a message at 7.30 this morning that the queasy meter broke, that I was a sleeper lost because Josh – shook the branches of the draft so hard that it's going to impact us for years and years. So Joshua, let's get into it. Yeah, well, first you can see the trade I made. Merrick, I know you're going to just roll over in your grave. I <laughs> had to admit to Jake, though, I was literally 1.30 in the morning. I'm looking at my phone trying to do another mock draft because I was trying to do something more realistic. You know, maybe they trade up in the top of the second for Dewan Jones if he falls. You know, maybe Jameer Gibbs. But when you guys told me to trade up, I said, YOLO, let's go all the way with this. I traded the 51st pick, the 81st, 84th pick, a 2024 first, and Cedric Wilson to the New York Giants for their 25th pick. Overall in the draft this year, their third this year, a sixth this year, and then a fourth next year. And you can see what I went up there and got. Bijan Robinson, I don't think he's going to fall to 25, but I kind of thought, okay, they have Saquon Barkley. I think this guy is that once-in-a-generation type talent, you know, at the running back position like we mentioned. And we know if, you know, you look back at history, I had to bring this up. The New Orleans Saints gave up a 19, in 1990, up their first, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round pick and a 2000 first and third to move up to the fifth overall pick to take Ricky Williams, a Texas running back, a Texas Longhorn. Why not go up there for the Miami Dolphins at 25, get Bijan Robinson and, you know, completely change the way this offense and the way teams fear it. So um, I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. I think that's probably why it's most queasy, <laughs> but um, yeah, YOLO, send it in. What are your guys' thoughts on this? I think, I think you got the, the old school throwback Ricky Williams on right now to, to kind of represent what you did there. Um, you know, that's the whole point of this exercise, right? To see what would need to be done if the Dolphins wanted to move back. And then when I get my opportunity to talk about my mock draft, we'll talk about what they would do if they, they needed to move back. So you move forward, I move back, Jake stays right there. We're presenting three different scenarios to our listeners and, and our YouTube viewers out there. What could realistically happen on draft day for our Miami Dolphins? So you swung for the fences. I kind of you know, I'm not a big fan of those first round running backs just because you kind of put your team in an, in an awkward position. Yeah, you're adding an impact talent and you get that player for four, possibly five seasons. But after that, those running backs are looking to get paid. And when you have to pay those running backs, that's when your team gets into a, a little bit of a pickle there. So I guess if we're going to do this and, and this is part of your scenario, you had to trade up. It was, it was literally the only, the only uh, qualifier that you had, you had to do it. You give up the future first, but you did get back a few picks as well. My screen's really small. So I can't, re I can't exactly see what picks did you get back after trading away next year's first. 
overall, I got there. I, I basically moved back five spots in the third this year by giving up that. And then I got an additional sixth and then a fourth next year. So, I mean, the draft's still depleted. And I think that's what kind of makes me the most sad is, again, I talked about how I get excited for the draft, but not having those picks this year, you know, it kind of takes some of the fun out of it. So it did hurt me a lot to get rid of that first next year and to look at the war chest they were left with. But I think I went through and found some players that needs that, you know, could add some depth. And who knows, maybe you find a starter or two out of this group. Other yeah. than Bijan, obviously, that's a that's a home run. That's the guy that, uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't know. I, I had to do it. I went with it. I know people are probably going to, you know, at me. Don't at me. Don't at me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so in reality, you give up a future first, but you get a first that we weren't going to have this year. The Dolphins already traded a first for Tyreek Hill. The Dolphins already traded a first for Bradley Chubb. The Dolphins already traded a first for the opportunity to to give Tom Brady some smoked salmon on a boat at one point, uh, which I, I believe was a short-lived meeting because Brian Flores said, ah, ah, get him out of here. Uh, so, you know what? Screw it. If we're going to get an impact player, some people say that Bijan Robinson is the best player uh, out of any position, not just running back, in this entire 2023 NFL draft. If you're going to do it, you might as well do it for the best dude out there. And we got a two-year window with rookie with uh, Tua still on his rookie deal. Cheap, uh, cheap money being paid out to your star quarterback. You got a two-year window to win a Super Bowl. Bijan certainly helps during that two-year window. I think I'm all right with it. I, I'm the guy that hates those first-round running backs. But I think in this scenario, in this very specific scenario that you laid out for us, I think, I, I think I'm cool with it. And you guys had a real interesting chat in our, in our uh, thread on Twitter where the idea here, Merrick, you just said it. It's a two-year window. And if you're drafting you know, projects, if you're drafting some of the guys we're going to get into and talk about, you're going you're gonna to have issues. There's going to be some hiccups. There's going to be those growing pains. With someone like Bijan Robinson, I don't think those growing pains are there. Like we mentioned in a previous pod, this dude is Mewtwo. Like, he's ready to go. I think you can incorporate him into the offense just so quickly and just kind of hit the ground running. Yeah, that's a pun. And then just kind of roll with it. So, to me, it is a huge risk. But when you're in that 25 to 29 or even 25 to the end of the first round, I do think there's a huge opportunity to jump up. I do think there's a huge opportunity to leverage that fifth-year option that I think Miami could and, and potentially should take advantage of. But it's going to be one of those things where if Chris Greer has his hand on the button to make a trade, how much higher than 25 do you guys feel like you'd go? Like if you had a rumor that, I don't know, someone at, at, at 22 or someone at 19 was going to go, I don't know if I'd go any higher. I feel like that's when you're really digging a hole in terms of the draft capital. But for this, you still have enough flexibility to make moves. You still have a first the following year, that middle of the year, whatever it may be, you can trade it. But overall, I do think that the vision for making this team kind of the, the stocks to go up short term is there. It's a short-sighted thing. Absolutely. But a Super Bowl is a Super Bowl. Exactly. All right. I can't see. I don't know why it is so small, but who'd you end up getting uh, with your next one, Josh? I got Henry Toho Toho, the linebacker from Alabama. He's a guy that I don't oh, know that. Oh, man. You know, I wanted I, you to say that name. I was no, looking forward to you I, saying I that it, name this whole time. <laughs> I looked it up. I knew you were going to do that. You, oh, you come jerk. on. I, I looked it up because I'm, I tell you, I try to look him up before I get on here. So I took him at linebacker. I think he would be a nice depth piece. Don't know that he's going to be a starter. Don't even, don't even honestly know if he's better than what we saw from Channing Tindall last year. I guess my biggest fear, you go up there and get Bijan Robinson and you still have that issue at tackle. I don't know that Earl Bostick Jr., uh, you know, can come in and, you know, even compete for that job. He can potentially be a swing tackle in the NFL. 
Um, that's a guy who I've heard his name thrown around throughout different mock drafts throughout Twitter. So I felt good about that. I think his RAS score was out of this world. And then Anthony Johnson Jr., he's a cornerback that turned safety, took him at 209. I know the Dolphins brought him in for a visit and play nickel. You know, the Dolphins need help at, you know, depth at safety. So I thought that was a good move. And then I'm going to be honest, I thought uh, Brenton Strange was going to fall to me there because uh, I know I've seen a mock drafts, you know, a little bit of a cheat code. He falls there late into the yeah. draft, seventh round. Wasn't there, got sniped by the Colts. So I went with Josh Wiley, the tight end out of uh, Cincinnati. So, again, I think I filled some position of needs. I just don't know that outside of Bijan Robinson, you truly have another guy that's going to be able to start or even compete for that job. But um, I felt like, what the hell, YOLO it. Let's see what happens. And hopefully Bijan Robinson can help out that offensive line a little bit. Yeah, and you know, Dolphins will be getting Byron Jones' money after June 1st, so maybe they can make an impact trade or or signing along that offensive line. Maybe they bring back a Brandon Shell. Maybe they bring back a DJ Fluker and see if they can get that right tackle spot shored up a little bit. But, uh, you know, you give away a first this year, you get a first uh, – or excuse me, you give away a first next year, get a first this year. It's kind of an even swap in in, in my view. When you look at this in totality, I think it's it's very important to keep in mind a situation like the Rams had a few years ago, right? They are the OG FM pick squad, right? That's the Rams. And what made the Rams successful wasn't just that they had the top end talent, but they really did a good job of developing those fourth, fifth, sixth rounders. And there were a few years there where the Rams didn't have first round picks, but they still had the most picks in the draft just by whatever trading back. And it might be fifth and sixth rounders, but Josh, we just heard Marvin Allen say recently that Eric Azucoma, Channing Tindall, these were guys that Miami took in terms of development. Like, they aren't going to have that instant impact, but that growth over time is going to be impressive, and they'll fill in spots as you go, as you can't keep an Alandon Roberts, as you keep can't keep these veterans who really establish themselves. So to me, I like the idea that maybe they these guys aren't going to start this year, but that's the vision the Miami Dolphins have gone through, at least you know our one-year track record with Mike McDaniel. I think that's an opportunity to say, all right, uh, we can see these guys as part of the plan moving forward. We know we have issues coming forward in terms of draft capital, in terms of cap space, so let's get these guys who are on cheap contracts developed. Any last thoughts about this one, gentlemen? Josh, now that we talked it out, do you feel a little less queasy? Do you? Because like, there is a huge risk here, and there is a huge gripe about taking running backs. But when you say no ice, heavy on the YOLO, and that Super Bowl window, I mean, I see a way this happens, and NFL's unpredictable, man, so who knows? Yeah, I definitely feel a little bit better. And I think, you know, if you're trading up and you're getting Bijan Robinson making some of these other moves, you hope that that first round pick, you know, you hope you get into the playoffs and make a little bit of noise in there. So that first is going to be much later in the draft. So I guess I do feel a little bit better about it. I guess at the end of the day, though, I don't think that this is the route that the Dolphins go. But I mean, I said it in the last pod, we'd be moist if it ended up trading up Bijan Robinson, man. Like, I, I think we could all spin that one in a positive light. Sorry, one last question. Uh, real quick, you guys, give me a percentage that Bijan Robinson would actually make it to 25. I'm going to actually put it at a whopping like 15% that he'll 0.069%. I, I don't <laughs> see any world in where that happens. Jameer yeah, Gibbs yeah. will be, probably go around that that pick, you know, the way I see it. I think there might be two first-round backs that go this. I don't remember who was reporting it earlier today on Twitter that the Bears have interest yep. in Bijan Robinson, and they picked number nine overall. So the fact uh, – I think the Eagles the idea, too, right? I think only sure. the Eagles and Bucks brought him in there for a pre-draft visit. So he, I think yeah. he's definitely going to go higher, but um, I had to take advantage of this mock draft. This was pro football networks, by the way. So I, I think I did okay. Dig it. You did great. All right, guys. 
I sat on the pot. I kept all my picks. At pick 51, we went Darnell Washington, tight end from Georgia. At 84, Matthew Bergeron, Syracuse. 197, Keaton Mitchell, East Carolina. And 238, Merrick, help me out with this last name. Oh, I got to, I got to, I can't even see this. Izian? Christian Izian safety from Rutgers? I don't know. Izian. Christian, is he even going to make it in the league? Because who gives a crap? He's a seventh-round pick, so he'll probably get his ass cut anyways. But uh, Jason Sanders is going to come beat you. I like this draft. I like this draft, too, actually. I really like this draft. At pick 51, the Jets came calling. The Jets offered Makai Becton a pick swap where we dropped down to the third round for this pick and Noah Igbenogany. Oh, scale of one to 10. How off? So Becton, the idea, this, this former high draft pick, he's had some injury problems. There are a lot of question marks about his consistency. So guys with that in mind, I know the flashy name and left tackle, you instantly want to say yes, but would you guys have made that trade? Do you think with Darnell Washington on the board, that's see, that's where you got to add that in there, right? If you make that trade, you're not getting Darnell Washington. So essentially you're trading darn Darnell Washington and Noah Igbenogane for uh, Makai Becton and a player to be named in the third round. So that that's a tough one. It gets it gets uh, a little hairy when when you add all that in there. But the Dolphins need offensive line help. Can Makai Becton play right tackle? Has he has he had experience playing right tackle either in college or in the pros? I don't know. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but man, those, those dolphins, they do need some offensive line help. I would have been tempted. I know you had to, you know, for this exercise, you had to stay put, but gun to your head, Jake, would you have made the trade? No. So the reason why is because Darnell Washington was there. Um, we've spoken about this before. I think there's a huge concern that tight end is quickly becoming one of the hardest positions to play in the NFL. Um, you need to not only know your receiving tree, but you also need to know every running play. You need to know where you'll line up as a blocker. And the one thing that stands out about Washington, especially early on, is the idea that he is a great pass blocking, run blocking tight end. That opens up opportunities. And I think, you know, Guys in the NFL, we've seen, you know, the late round guys struggle last year, the the Braylon Sanders and, and the Tanner Connor. But I just imagine like the Dolphins just pounding the football with Darnell Washington out there. And then it just takes one play action play for him to be wide open in the end zone, like the tight end all alone in the end zone that we've been looking for through years. So so I think Darnell Washington ha- has just such an ability to have an impact now, which is very unusual for tight ends, I feel. And, and that was kind of my deciding factor. Yeah, I really like Washington quite a bit. Just a just a mauler, able to block his ass off, plus go up there and catch the ball. I think he could be a, a real impact player uh, in the NFL, and it, especially in Mike McDaniel's scheme when when you need your tight ends, your receivers to be able to block in this wide zone wide zone rushing attack that hopefully we'll get to see more of this upcoming season after last season's rushing game was such a disappointment. Yeah, I definitely would have been tempted to make that trade, but I think I agree with both of you. I mean, when you're doing these mock drafts, I mean, you see them. If I've done a couple, no, trying to do this whole uh, activity, and you can kind of see some of those 
Laporta, some of those other nice tight ends fall to the third round. So maybe you could have cheated the system and made it work. But I think what Darnell Washington can do in the run game, what he can eventually become in the passing game. I mean, I know when you look at his college stats, it really it was really underutilized there at Georgia. But I think uh, we all remember that one-handed grab he made at the Combine. I know I'm going to be old take exposed when uh, he does fall to 51. And I remember writing an article for the Finsider where I said, you know, there's no chance in hell the Dolphins are going to get him. He very well might be there now, the way things are starting to sound. So, um, Jake, I love that pick. I think it's Phil an immediate need and I think he can come out there and you know immediately make an impact in both the passing game you know running game and do a little bit of everything so I, I like that move but I would have been a little tempted to get rid of no Benogany, bring him back in you know give him a new fresh start at in Miami but I, I like what you did speaking with instant needs guys I went Syracuse with that second pick at number 84 overall Matthew Bergeron and the main reason I did this guys is because I'd like to get your take on something. You know, uh, I was listening to the Ringer Fantasy Football Podcast, which is the Ringer draft show at the time being. And they were asked a question in terms of, why don't you just draft tackles? And then if if they need to, you kick them inside the guard. And that's kind of how I feel about Bergeron. I feel like if there is this wacky, crazy world where Austin Jackson is the starter and he looks all right, I think there's an opportunity for Bergeron to take over at that left guard, at least in the short term, maybe even move in out, kick out a little farther if Armstead misses any games. So to me, this just seems like a, I don't want to say safe pick, but it seems like it could bridge a lot of the um, depth issues the Miami Dolphins have on that offensive line currently. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, this is a little teaser for, for my mock, which is coming up next, but I also took Matt Bergeron um, with the Dolphins second pick. And I, I think I view him more as a guard there. I think uh, he's athletic enough to play tackle, uh, but he does fit more as a guard. And I think he, you know, with the Dolphins having that left guard spot kind of up for grabs right now, if he were to win the left guard uh, starting role, his tag team partner would be Teron Armstead right there on, on the left tackle. So that's a great dude to to learn next to, to grow next to. Um, and I would be all for Matthew Bergeron suiting up in the aqua and orange next year. Yeah, I mean, this is a name that we continue to hear, whether it's, you know, CK Parrott on Twitter. I know even Merrick's talked to me about Matthew Bergeron and the potential he has. I, I like that idea, Jake. I was um, go long TD. I think Tyler Dunn does his, uh, you know, sub stack his – newsletter he had Bob McKinn on there a guy who d does great draft work quotes all these guys and uh, there was a scout that said that he saw Bergeron as an all pro at guard if they move him in there so um, I still again think tackle right tackle is the biggest need on that offensive line but if they view him as a guard if that's what they want to do sure man sign me up for that so I agree that's a safe pick brings versatility which we all love to talk about right on the offensive line and uh fills an immediate need just like darnell washington so you add washington on the right side maybe to help a little bit over there you have bergeron next to teron armstead in between him and connor williams i think that offensive line's starting to shape up so i, I love those first two picks jake and i'm gonna be honest i like the third pick, the more I talk to Merrick, I know Merrick was a big fan of Keaton Mitchell as well. Yeah, if you watch Keaton Mitchell's highlights on YouTube, man, you'll get sucked in. He is so shifty, so fast. If he hits the open field, he's going to outrun everyone. My only concern with Keaton Mitchell is that he's really really small like really small he weighed in at 179 pounds and if you look at the history of running backs drafted who weigh 179 pounds or less uh it, the 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 hit rate is just so incredibly small you've got like maybe Tariq cohen and like darren sproles and that's that's what it. i thought of it's literally it though and there's like 
I think uh, Kyle Krabs said it on the, the Locked on Dolphins podcast last week when he was talking about uh, these smaller running backs. It's Tariq Cohen, it's Darren Sproles, and it's a bunch of nobodies. A bunch of nobodies who they didn't do anything once they got to the NFL when you weigh that little at that position. So maybe he could be some sort of uh, gadget player. Maybe he can uh, you know, work as uh, a slot receiver or a kick returner or a punt returner, even though they got Barrios in that role now. Um, but but he's really, really small, but incredibly fast, incredibly elusive, just an electric runner. Um, he's just going to have to kind of break break the mold a little bit if he's going to have success in the NFL at that size. So I, I thought it was worth shooting the shot in the sixth round because there are a lot of question marks and, and there is a, a lot of um, uh, issues on that path to become a starter. But when I look at the Miami Dolphins on offense and I see how Mike McDaniel utilizes his guys, the Dolphins were one of the best teams at attacking the middle of the field. There's no doubt in my mind that teams are going to start defending that. Like it's just a chess match of just adjustments upon adjustments upon adjustments. But one of the ways Miami can kind of negate teams attacking the middle of the field is with a receiving running back, getting them out on those, those swing passes. If they're isolated one-on-one -on -one with a linebacker, it, it's game over. And that's kind of why I thought Keaton Mitchell could make a little sense, just because he could be that chess piece to move things in the different direction, attack the outside of the box, and, and really force defenses to uh, spread out a little bit more than we might be seeing next year, just based on uh, you know the Tua chart or whatever we see about how great the Dolphins were attacking that middle of the field. Did, did you also see he compared himself to, I know, East Carolina, he compared himself to Chris Johnson today. I think it was also the t TD Long uh, substack. He was in there and did an interview, and he said that, you know, there's a lot more similarities there than you might think. So I don't know, man. I think those first three picks, they could fill immediate needs, at least the first two. And then you got Keaton Mitchell, who could be a wild card. So I, I like this dra draft, Jake, and I'm glad you sat on the pot for this one. <laughs> hey man you don't no one has to ask me twice to sit on the pot i will tell you that for sure and then the pick 238 um just just the safety for Rutgers. the dolphins have been flirting with a few safeties out there so i do think there's an opportunity that hey uh you just get a little depth piece maybe brandon jones if he's hopefully but hopefully this isn't the case but if he's still battling his injury a little bit and you need someone to start the season um or just another depth piece that in a few years where you can't keep both brandon jones and javon holland you have him as that developmental piece but gentlemen one quick question i want to ask you guys before we switch to merrick's um i want to go back to bergeron real quick do you guys are you guys confident he'll be there at 84 i know these draft simulators no. need a little uh, wonky no you're no. not no I i'm confident he'll be there at 51 and i do think that there's a, a solid chance uh, that the Dolphins could be targeting Bergeron at 51 if, say, a Darnell Washington isn't there, if uh, a Dewan Jones um, tackle out of Ohio State isn't there. He's a pure right tackle. There's been some slander on Dewan Jones' name uh, these last couple of days, saying he's lazy, uh, gaining weight. I think he checked in at 379 uh, at his combine weigh-in. That's big. <laughs> um, uh, so... We'll see. I would take Dewan Jones if he if he uh, slipped to 51. I'd take Darnell Washington if he slipped to 51. Uh, there's going to be a couple other guys maybe the Dolphins are interested in. Maybe a Jack Campbell, linebacker out of Iowa. Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama, if he were to slip at, at 51. So I think we're kind of just playing that waiting game, you know, picking so late with our first with the Dolphins first pick. Uh, you're hoping that some guys slip to these spots, but you're you're reading a lot about how this is one of the weaker draft classes in recent memory. And a lot of teams have 15, 17, 20 players as first round grades, which means a lot of these other guys uh, are going to get propped up into the first round when maybe they shouldn't 
belong there. So to see Darnell Washington in the first round, you're not going to be surprised if that happens. And Dewan Jones in the first round, you're not going to be surprised if that happens. So um, I do think Bergeron will be there at 51. And I do think the Dolphins might, might snag him there, but I really think there's no chance that he's going to make it to 84 with how weak this draft is. Which is funny because I definitely take him in the 80s in my mock draft, which is about to pop up on this screen. Yeah, real quick, I was same thing I was going to say. I mean, that's kind of why I try to stay away from these mock drafts because regardless of which simulator you do, you see someone like this fall and it kind of ruins the authenticity, I guess. I like that you brought up Jones, Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell. Those are all guys that I probably should have traded up for and that I can honestly see, you know, being – the apple of the Dolphins' eyes that maybe, you know, Chris Greer does pick up the phone. They see him slip there today, too. You trade up in the second round. You get one of those guys that probably shouldn't be there. So, love that you brought up those three guys. But, yeah, I don't think there's any chance Bergeron's there at 84. But definitely possible at 51. For the time being, it sounds like Chris Greer is like me, and we're just sitting on the pot together. So, let's move <laughs> on. Merrick, together. you had the opportunity to trade back, and your mission was simple. Rebuild the war chest. That's exactly what I tried to do. Not only did I trade back from pick 51, but I also traded back from pick 84 as well. So we got a double trade back here uh, with my mock. So my first trade, I traded number 51 to Denver for pick number 67, pick number 139, which is a fifth rounder this year, and then a future third rounder, a 2024 third rounder. Uh, that's to the Denver Broncos. So trading back from 51 to 67, that got the Dolphins out of the second round completely. So no picks in the first round, no picks in the second round. First pick made it 67, which is early in the third round. That actually will save the Dolphins a little bit of cap space, and they are a team that uh, that that is pinching pennies right now with a lot of extensions on the horizon. At pick 67, with those extensions on the horizon in mind, I took defensive tackle, really a nose tackle, out of Baylor, uh, Siaki Ika, and I should have let Josh say the name first instead of <laughs> instead of jumping out here and, and doing it myself. Uh, I hope that the Dolphins draft him so that we can hear Josh say Siaki Ika or or however he wants to pronounce it over and over on this podcast. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, <laughs> exactly for for years to come. Uh, Siaki Ika, he is a true nose tackle, and in the Vic Fangio defense. You are looking for that big body in the middle that can eat up those blocks, allow those linebackers to come downhill, tackle those running backs in the hole. Uh, Siaki caught just a, a big, big, solid player. Lance Zerline compares him to uh, Danny Shelton, former, I believe, first-round pick of the Cleveland Browns uh, a few years back. So uh, Dolphins trade out of the second round, get an additional third-round pick, and draft a nose tackle of the future, which probably means – we're saying goodbye to Raekwon Davis, and it could possibly mean we're also saying goodbye to either Zach Sealer or Christian Wilkins. So that's NFL's a tough business, and, and when you got to a cap, a salary cap like the NFL does, you, you got to make some tough decisions. So I'm, I'm letting Raekwon Davis walk, and, and we'll, we'll see about Sealer or Wilkins. But we're replacing Davis with Siaki Ika at pick 67. Then at pick 84, I traded that to Baltimore, for pick 86. So I moved back just two slots and I was able to pick up a 2024 fifth round selection. Um, so not, not a high selection, but add another selection for the 2024 draft. And with that 86 pick, I did take Matt Bergeron, 
uh, offensive tackle slash offensive guard out of Syracuse. We already talked about him at length, but you know, he's somebody that I've been on for a couple months now. I would be very happy if, if he became a Miami dolphin in this draft. I do think he has pro bowl, uh, potential at guard and, you know, I wouldn't be willing to give up on his ability to play tackle as well. You know, you get a whole off season, a whole training camp to see if that's something that he can do. So if he solves that right tackle need, fantastic. If he solves that left guard need, fantastic. But to get him in the third round, that's a steal. Now we already talked about it. He's probably not going to be there, but he is somebody that the Dolphins could look at at pick pick 51. So he is worth talking about. Uh, Then we jump ahead to the fifth round. Uh, This is the extra selection that I got by trading back from 51 to 67. And at pick 139, uh, originally Denver's pick, now ours, I take Jair Brown, safety from Penn State. You know, we've talked about it at great length on this podcast, but safety is one of the most important positions in a Vic Fangio defense. Uh, You got uh, Brandon Jones coming back from that Achilles injury. You have uh, newcomer Deshaun Elliott in the room. you know, he's kind of a journeyman in the NFL. We'll see what he can bring to the table. Uh, you have Javon Holland. He's the stud. He's the guy that, that's going to uh, stir the drink. And then you have his old college teammate, Verone McKinley, the third, correct? It's the third, right? Yeah. Third, fourth, fifth. Who knows? There's a lot of them out there. But uh, you add another body to that room. And I don't think Jair Brown's going to be available in the fifth round. He is one of the highest rated safeties uh, in the in this draft. So to see him slip to the fifth possible uh i would say it's unlikely i know you're a penn state fan uh josh so you might be happy with my next selection as well at pick nine 197 in the sixth round i took another nittany lion i took juice scruggs center slash guard out of penn state listen we're dolphins fans we know this team needs offensive line help so i'm taking matthew bergeron early i'm taking juice scruggs late And I'm hoping that we can get something from these guys. I like that Juice Scruggs can play guard, but I also really like that he can play center as well because you need a backup spot. You need a backup center on this team. uh, And and the Dolphins don't have one right now. They don't have a player uh, who could be a backup center outside of somebody who's converting and trying to learn a new new position. So with Juice Scruggs being primarily a center, I like him uh, as a flyer in in, uh, the later rounds there. Also, if you've seen on the Dolphins Detail YouTube uh, channel that, that Jake and I run. If you've seen my Merrick's Minute Mocks, uh, episode two, I, dra- I draft Juice Scruggs late, and it just gave me an opportunity to to sing slash rap Gin and Juice by by Snoop Dogg. Nice. So if uh, if we can draft Juice Scruggs and and uh, maybe all of us can can do our own rendition of, of gin and juice on the next episode of another Dolphins podcast after the drafts concluded, if we're able to get Scruggs. But then in the seventh round, I decided to grab a big bodied running back. No more of these little guys. We got enough little guys. We got Raheem Mostert. We got Savon Ahmed. We got Miles Gaskin. You know, Jeff Wilson, not a big dude. He, he runs with some power, but I wanted to get an actual big body back. Dwayne McBride out of UAB, not a pass catching back has caught like, I don't know, three passes in his entire college career. Don't quote me on that, but it's not a lot. He doesn't catch a lot of balls, but he's a big body dude and he's going to run you over. So if you can take him in the seventh round and, and, you know, see if he makes the team, you can easily cut a miles Gaskin for Dwayne McBride, or, you know, you stash him on the practice practice squad and see what you get from him out of there. But that was my, my trade back, 
uh, mock draft for the Dolphins. You know, I had to do some trade back, so I ended up doing two of them. I was able to net the Dolphins an additional pick this year and get us two more picks in the 2024 draft, an additional third rounder and an additional fifth rounder. What do you guys think about that one? You do wonder. Um, the the thing I'm interested in is that this draft, just just from the developmental process, um, starting with a defensive tackle, I really like that idea, and, and I'm just going to leave that there. Um, obviously, we both picked Bergeron. Uh, but something that I think is interesting and, and something why I think this makes a lot of sense is right before Irv Smith Jr. signed with the Bengals, uh, the Miami Dolphins had a contract out for him, like offered him a contract. So you didn't address tight end. I do wonder if, hey, we go back to the development of a tight end. Maybe Miami doesn't want to deal with that. Maybe they're waiting for that June 1st deadline for Byron Jones, and they're just going to go sign a tight end. So this actually does make a lot of sense. We've seen them flirting with uh, free agent tight ends. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely in here. Um, always can add more juice. I don't know how O.J. McDuffie. And juice, then maybe, juice. I did maybe forget Jarvis to mention. comes running down. Uh, I did forget to mention, and I do think it's important, Jair Brown uh, primarily played safety at Penn State, but he also spent a good portion of time playing the slot corner role. Uh, and if anybody watched the Dolphins last year, uh, you probably did if you're listening to this podcast, the Dolphins needed bodies in the cornerback room because everybody was getting injured left and right. So you got a whole bunch of people coming back from injury. We don't know uh, how quickly they'll progress, but you have another guy with some some corner versatility in Jair Brown if you're able to snag him. Uh, in this upcoming draft. Yeah, I like it. And I understand not addressing tight end. Like Jake said, they might go after a veteran. We heard, you know, both Chris Greer and uh, Marvin Allen talk about Tanner Connor and Durham Smythe and how much they love them. I mean, whether that was just, you know, I'll just talk or whatnot. I think Marvin Allen even spoke about how deep this draft class is at tight end position. So um, I like this draft. I think Jake said in our pod that he thinks defensive tackle will be the Dolphins first pick. So this technically Spoilers. covers that. Oh, that was a lot. That's uh, was that a spoiler? Yeah, I guess. Well, it's been up for a while now. That's like the ending of Game of Thrones. If you haven't seen that yet, I mean, I should be able to talk Touché. about that, right? Um, Matthew I Bergeron. I haven't seen it. Uh, well, I haven't seen shame, Game of Thrones. Shame Does the you. dragon go, go eat everyone? Um, but I'm not getting sidetracked here. Love both the guys from Penn State. I can't really <laughs> say I'm a Penn State fan. I'm trying to turn into one. I grew up all my life liking Eddie George and the Ohio State Buckeyes because Kerry Collins snubbed my uh, Pee Wee football team. But I'm Disgusting. starting to realize that I should be a. Uh, Penn State fan living in this area so I am starting to become a Penn State fan love both those picks love the versatility that Scruggs brings and what he can do at play guard I think you've uh, you know solidified the offensive line and with this draft which I think is again the biggest issue that the Dolphins have heading into this draft I guess I'd ask you know I'd like to see maybe a linebacker come in for some depth like yeah. Jake said a tight end perhaps but those are all acorns that the Dolphins might you know find we saw Cater Kohu come in and be the best cornerback second best cornerback on the roster last year so I trust this scouting department to do right by this team and if I had to trade back I think you hit a home run on this so um I think we should ask my daughter just brought me a uh, crown I think we do need to ask you know we'll give it to Merrick for his draft yeah well no <laughs> I was gonna say we gotta let the uh our listeners decide who had the best draft right who like, wears the crown leave uh, comments on YouTube um, and make sure you let us know because I don't know. I, I was pretty stoked on mine, you know, once you guys made me feel a little bit better about it, but I think you both hit home runs. And I think if I had to pick one, I might lean towards Jake's just because he gets Bergeron. He gets Darnell Washington, that stud tight end gets a running back that, I mean, he compared himself to Chris Johnson. So you can't be upset about that, but um, what are your guys thoughts? Do you guys have a favorite besides your own? <laughs> I, I guess we all want to pick here. our own, right? The issue here, Josh, I think the only reason you like mine is because you too like to sit on the pot. So I feel I that's the only reason. <laughs> Although the kids don't let me do that much, so it doesn't do really. Do you like I, to I don't sit on the a... pot, or do you like to smoke? But never mind. 
No, you are wearing the Ricky table. jersey. <laughs> no, I, I think it goes back to what we said at the beginning of, of this episode. Is the this We were each forced uh, into a different scenario. I had to trade back. Josh had to trade up, and you had to stay put despite receiving a juicy offer from the Jets there, Jake. So, so we got to explore different options, different avenues that Chris Greer and the rest of the Miami Dolphins front office could take uh, in this upcoming draft. And I guess that's kind of the fun part of being a GM in the NFL is you have so many different ways you can get creative to help build your team and round out your team and, and make it a Super Bowl contender, which if, you know, health permitting, if everyone stays healthy, this Dolphins team surely will be a Super Bowl contender. There's still some needs linebacker tight end offensive line defensive line there, there's still some needs on this team so there is still work to be done and we'll get to see the dolphins begin that work or continue that work uh starting next week i mean we're literally almost already there that's crazy all right here's here is our listeners call to action um i'm already gonna workshop josh i want to throw out a, a suggestion for a title i i want to say this was like us all defending our phd thesis in a sense uh, because we all took turns and we all kind of not, not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wrestling coach. All right, so um, I, I, I don't senior know, project is it like test? the senior project? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Defending your senior project. Let's let's okay. go with that. Um, I I think this was fun, and, and I do want everyone to keep in mind. Uh, the NFL. The reason we love it is because it's unpredictable. And as Merrick mentioned, there's so many different ways to get creative. This is just some of the avenues, and you know, all of a sudden you might be like. Bijan Robinson, that's not trade's not awful. Maybe you just keep kicking that can down the road, and it's this ain't uh, Shell Silverstein. There ain't no edge of the sidewalk here, so that road just kind of keeps on going. Uh, but gentlemen, I will tell you what. I will tell you what. I would not have traded back in my draft because at pick fifty one, Mozzie Smith from Michigan was available. And if you want to fix your your defensive line, if you know you're going to let one of Wilkins, Sealer, Raekwon Davis go, Mozzie Smith is the guy to get. So as soon as I saw him there, I was like, son of a bitch, I don't Steven want to trade Ross, back. Stephen Ross would have made you turn that pick in, right? Isn't he a Michigan boy? He is a Michigan fan, so yeah, I absolutely would would not have traded back. But uh, you know, it is what it is. That's why we do this. That's why it's fun. And two, like. You know, for the last couple of months, my I prefaced everything with, you know, I know nothing about their draft, but this is the first year, you know, we've done some of these fun exercises and, and looked at different players where I, I kind of think I know what I'm going to be talking about. However, I'm going to be in Boston during the draft and we're not going to be able to record. So, I mean, what's the point? Shot to the heart. But we will have some shows out before the draft and I'm thinking Sunday we might come back, but. As Josh mentioned at the top, I want to thank you guys all for listening. If you're not subscribed to the show, we do see which one of you people are subscribed and which ones aren't. So you guys who aren't subscribed, we know you're out there. You got to hit that button. Definitely go hit that button. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, however you get your content, let us know if we have we don't have it somewhere where you'd like it to be. We will figure out a way to get the content there. But thank you guys so much for joining us. We hope you have an awesome weekend. Until another Dolphins podcast, fins up. Fins up. Fins up. And the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the
football team. We drink the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami.